Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Sex, Love, and Addiction. This show was created to provide accurate expert information and support for those seeking insight into the painful realities of cheating and infidelity, sex and porn addiction, as well as the relationship between chronic drug abuse and paired sexual behavior, commonly known as chemsex. I'm your host, Dr. Rob Weiss, a licensed therapist, addiction specialist, sexologist, clinical educator, and author of 10 books on intimacy, addiction, sexuality, and relationship health. This podcast is a forum for discussing sex, love, and addiction in frank, fact-based, informative ways. My primary goal is to bring you clear advice, opinions, and feedback from some of the world's most renowned experts in human sexuality, trauma, addiction, mental health, and relationship intimacy. This show is sponsored by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs, which are also dedicated to providing expert-focused, highly specialized residential treatment for men struggling with sex, porn, and related addictions. You can learn more about Seeking Integrity and my work there at www.seekingintegrity.com. Now let's get started. Hey guys, we are so glad to have you here today. I am here with my compadre and coworker Tammy Verhals. Tammy, you there? I am. And those of you who are around uh, Sex and Relationship Healing, our website will find that Tammy and I do webinars, what, every Monday night now at six Correct. o'clock? Correct. And every Monday night forever, from now till forever, you will <laughs> find me sitting there. Uh, if you sign up for sexandrelationshiphealing.com, then you get announcements from us on a regular basis uh, about our drop-in groups, our support groups, our educational groups, all that stuff. And if you have any questions about any of the stuff we do, you can always reach out to me at rob at sexandrelationshiphealing.com. And Tammy, say hi again, Tammy. Hello. <laughs> we'll answer the phone or receive your letters or emails. And she worked with me and with Patrick Harns and a whole bunch of folks in our field for many, many years. Tammy knows what she's doing when she's making these referrals. So if you need information, you need direction, she's going to give it to you. But on the other hand, when I do podcasts, she is my compadre. And I think actually, Tammy, what you really are is you're kind of like my sidekick, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> That's a great idea. Okay. So anyway, that's what we are. We are sidekicks. And so when subjects come up that we hear a lot of on sex and relationship healing, or uh, I hear on the room on in the rooms, or I hear people bringing up in day-to-day conversation, or Tammy's getting a lot of questions about, we want to do a podcast about that. Because when we see a lot of questions flooding in about a particular subject, we figure there are enough of you who want to be served and learn about this. So t- today's topic is one of those questions that we get all the time. And it's related to a book I wrote about two years ago. Called Out of the Doghouse, a step by step relationship saving guide for men caught cheating. And the reason I wrote the book is because I have worked with unfaithful couples for almost 20 years, uh, actually more like 25. And one of the main issues that I see challenge couples that are dealing with cheating, infidelity, adultery, and sex addiction, it doesn't have to be as extreme as that, is that I don't see men in general, heterosexual men, they just don't seem to be particularly good at healing a betrayal wound with a spouse. And Tammy, let me just jump to you here. Do you, would you agree with that? I totally agree. And I refer so many people to this book. And there's two versions. I want to mention that too. There is the book that you wrote, the original version. And then there's also one that has Christian context that Marnie Faree added biblical context to. So for people who prefer that format, that's a, a, a great alternative, but the message is still the same, uh, that it is 
if you've been caught cheating, and I always thought it was interesting too that you included for men caught cheating, not men who are cheating who think, oh, I better you know do something about it. They don't need my help. Exactly. <laughs> They're getting away like, with it. They don't need my exactly. help. Exactly. It's like, now we've been caught. Now what do I do? And, and let me just say something, everyone. This is not an attempt to sell you books. I just want you to know that um, there is information here that you guys need to know. If you're dealing with a cheating male partner and you're a woman, or you're a guy who's been cheating on your woman, and you have not found a way to help find healing, forgiveness, peace in home, um, this is what this is about. This is what I wrote this about. I know, and maybe some of you guys do too, that men for better or worse tend to be problem solvers. So when you come to me and you say, honey, I've had such a bad day and my boss did this, my boss did that, instead of doing probably what would be more helpful, which is tell me about that. What was that like? I'm so sorry you had a bad day. Men, and I'm guilty of this, tend to jump in and say, oh, well, you should have to tell this to that person and do this. And We like to find the answer. We like to fix the problem. That's part of what men do. And, and I think sometimes we do well and sometimes not. What always struck me and the reason I wrote out of the doghouse is because I don't see men particularly good at solving this problem. They try to solve their problem of having cheated on their wife or their girlfriend with flowers and candy and moonbeams. And boy, does that not work. And then they get impatient after a couple of weeks and they're like, how come you haven't forgiven me? So Tammy and I decided that since this comes up so long, often we should do a podcast about it. And Tammy, do you have, I think you did, prepare some ideas and questions, kind of like you're interviewing me about this issue. So do you want to start and we'll kind of go through that? Let's do that. First of all, and people do ask this sometimes, why did you choose or how did you choose the title? Well, uh, there's actually a YouTube video called Out of the Doghouse. And it is a video of a woman, of a man who has done something. Oh, I think it's actually, okay. It's actually a guy who gave his wife a vacuum cleaner for her birthday. Oh, bad idea. And she's so mad at him that she kicks him out to their backyard and kicks him into the doghouse. And the doghouse is an imaginary place where all the men who have messed up with their wives are down there talking about how to get out of here because they're all separated from their homes because they've been bad. And in that doghouse, the men are talking about, well, how do you get out of here? What do you do to get out of the doghouse? And the the guy who gave his wife a vacuum cleaner, you know, cluelessly says, well, I don't belong here. I don't deserve to be here. I haven't done anything wrong. And of course, all the men in the doghouse laugh because every man who's in the doghouse thinks he didn't do anything as bad as to deserve being down there. So uh, uh, the book out of the doghouse came from a video where I watched a woman looking so self-satisfied when she kicked her husband down to the doghouse. And uh, and I saw him with these men looking around at each other and he's saying like, what I do, duh. And even though the men I work with know what they've done, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, I know you're intelligent, uh, you know, caring men and women who are trying to make the best of your relationships. But when this situation comes up, a lot of the men I work with just don't know how to fix it. And I wrote a book to simply say, if you hurt a woman by betraying her trust, this is what you have to do. And I will say this, I wrote the book. Now, Tammy, you know, who buys, self, who buys self-help books? Women. And do they buy like 20, 20% of all self-help books or 95% of all self-help books? 95% of all. That is correct. Men do not buy self-help books. The only reason a man will read a self-help book is if he's in the field or if his woman hands it to him. <laughs> or in this case, perhaps throws it at him. Well, that was the goal. So you all understand this is my dilemma. And I'll just say this to you as an author and an, and an expert before I, uh, you can have some empathy for me here since you're getting free podcast ears, is that um, I had to write a book for men that I knew they needed to read, that I knew that had to do with their relationship problems. But I also knew that men would never buy it because men don't buy self-help books. So I wrote a book called Out of the Doghouse, which is a book for women 
to buy and throw at the men who have hurt them. Um, because when you women read this, you're going to say, oh my God, why isn't he doing this? Why isn't he showing up for me? Why isn't he understand how much pain I'm in? And if he did, he would be doing the right thing with our healing and forgiveness. So I have this visual when you're talking about the video with a woman looking smug. And in this particular case, I have the visual of the woman looking so hurt and um, lost, you know, that she has to send this beloved person down to a doghouse. So um, let's talk about the difference between cheating and infidelity, because you talk about that in the book. Well, what I think the question is really, what is cheating in the digital age? You know, do I, am I cheating if I look at porn? Am I cheating if I'm online with a cam girl and she's 3,000 miles away? And many of the men I work with will say, oh, well, I'm not cheating because, you know, I'll never meet this person. Uh, I don't know their last name. I didn't say anything personal to them. And all we did was masturbate 3,000 miles across electronic lines with each other. Wireless, wireless masturbation. And, um, you know, I just don't think that most spouses are going to be happy with that. So here is kind of the best way, I think, to define infidelity in the digital age. Um, if I look at porn occasionally and you and I are in a relationship, Tammy, and I say, hey, Tammy, I look at porn occasionally, but and you let me know if you think my porn looking affects you or our relationship, but if it's okay with you, I might look at it occasionally. And you say, okay, that's fine with me. I look at porn occasionally too. And in other words, if Tammy and I have honest communication, she won't be surprised if she comes home one day and finds some porn on my computer. She might be uncomfortable or embarrassed or even feel a little envious or uncomfortable, but, but she's not going to say, oh my God, how could he be doing this? But if I look at porn a couple hours a day, a regular basis on my computer, and you as my spouse don't know anything about it, when you come home and you find a whole bunch of porn on the computer, you're going to be angry. And it's because you simply did not know something that was really important in our relationship. So I redefined infidelity for myself in the work that I do. And I, I think of it infidelity in the digital age as being the keeping of profound secrets in an intimate relationship. So if you tell me that you're doing A, B, C, but you don't tell me about D and I find out about it, you've been unfaithful because I didn't know. You see, Tammy, if I want to cheat on you, I, and by the way, folks, Tammy and I are not a relationship in that way, but Tammy's my exercise partner for today. So mm -hmm. Tammy, if I was cheating on you, and I, well, if I wanted to cheat on you, and I said to you, Tammy, I, I, I'm really feeling like I'm cheating on you, and I've met someone at work, and I'm really thinking about having an affair with them, and you said, oh, okay, go ahead. I don't think that would be infidelity. <laughs> but if I decided to go out and have that affair without telling my partner, then it is infidelity. In other words, it's not about the sex. What I see breaking the hearts of people who love someone who's cheated on them is not that they had sex with someone else. That hurts. But it's that you lied to me, that you kept a secret for me, that I don't know who you are anymore, that I don't know if I can trust you ever again. And I thought you were the person who would have my back, who would never let me down, who would be the one who most of all would come rescue me if I was in trouble. And instead, with your affair and your cheating, you've been the person who's been stabbing me in the back. And I don't know if I can ever forgive that. I answer so many emails about digital cheating because the husband does not perceive that there was contact, so there really isn't an affair. So I think it's really important to understand that it's what's agreed upon in the relationship and that secrets. So often partners are like, I can handle almost anything, but it's the lying. It's the, it's the deceit that undermines the relationship. And if you've been cheated on, you know, the worst, the worst, you think getting cheated on and finding out is the worst? Let me tell you from the partners that I work with, what's even worse is thinking that your man has told you everything and you know everything and it's all on the table. And then a month or two later, finding some receipt, some phone bill, some piece of information that leads you to believe that there's more and the lying has continued. That's the real insanity of cheating and sex addiction. 
for partners. There is a quote that you have um, by Alanis Morissette in the book on page five, and it says, you can't do monogamy 90% of the time. And I, I think that that's a great quote because I think it's particularly easy for men to compartmentalize um, and think I'm, I'm doing all of these things over here. So I'm faithful to my wife. No, you're right, Tammy. I mean, you know, and, and let's just take just your basic cheating, like your most basic cheating. Like, you know, we're married a few years and I go to a bachelor party in Vegas and I tell you, well, I'm not going to go off to that strip club with my friends. You know, I'm going to, when they go do that, I'm, you know, we're married. I'm going to go back to my room or play a little blackjack. And then of course I do go off with my friends and I do go have whatever I do in the back room of the strip club with all my friends because it's a bachelor party and hey, that's what guys do. And then I think to myself, well, as long as she doesn't know, it's going to be fine as long as she doesn't know. And and this speaks to your point, Tammy, is men are more able, this is biologically and psychologically true, men are more capable of compartmentalizing our thinking. We can take something and put it into an intellectual box and say, that's over there, and that doesn't have anything to do with stuff over here. Women in general tend to be more holistic thinkers. You tend to think not just about yourself or that situation, but you'll think about it in bigger terms, your kids, your family, your work, your faith, whatever it is. So when I come home from Vegas and I'm thinking, well, I just had a lap dance. It wasn't a big deal. I hope she doesn't find out, but uh, because she'd probably get mad at me. But if she did, it's, you know, surely she knows it doesn't mean anything to me because that's really what he is thinking. That is how men's minds work. However, if you as my spouse then find out, you're going to say stuff like, I thought you loved me. I thought a relationship meant something to you. How could you be with that other woman when you cared about me? What about our kids? What about our vows? What about our homes? And so therein lies some of the challenge, which is a man will see very casual cheating in his mind as being completely separate and unrelated to his relationship. And therefore he can box it off and, and wall it off. And it doesn't really matter as long as she doesn't find out. And a woman is thinking, if as long as he's being honest with me, and I know everything that's going on, even if I don't like it, that's going to make me a happy, that's going to make for a happy, caring home. And you can imagine based on sort of that scenario, what happens when you up the ante and it's multiple affairs, lots of sexual acting out, lots of porn and lots of lying. So talk about, I have this all the time for questions. Talk about when a man has sex with another man and so therefore compartmentalizing again that, well, I'm not having an affair with a woman, so therefore it's okay. Yeah, I think, you know, cheating is cheating. And again, cheating is defined as the keeping of profound secrets in an intimate relationship. If I go off and have sex with a man and I'm married to a woman, if I go off and have sex with anyone and I'm in a monogamous relationship and I decide not to tell them, I'm being unfaithful. It doesn't matter who I'm having sex with. It doesn't matter what kind of sex I'm having. What matters is that I'm lying. And I know lots of guys who will say, well, I'm not lying. It's more like I just didn't tell her. Well, that's called lying by omission. <laughs> you face someone every day with a smile on your face and you don't tell them you, something you know would profoundly affect them and both of you if they knew. That's lying by omission. So, um, you know, it makes sense. You kind of want to lie and cover up things you think your partner might be upset about. But then, you know, the, what we're talking about here, Tammy, is what happens when it comes out, right? Right. Hey there. I sure hope you're enjoying this Sex, Love, and Addiction podcast. Before we continue, I'd like to remind you that if you or someone you know or love needs treatment for sex addiction, porn addiction, or co-occurring drug problems, Seeking Integrity can help. For more information, please visit our website at www.seekingintegrity.com. That's seekingintegrity.com. Or call us at 747-234-4325. 
So there are some things that guys can do that absolutely make the situation worse. Why don't you share three or four of those? Well, well, first I want to say before I do that, Tammy, and please remind me the question if I forget that, you know, this it, this particular show, Out of the Doghouse, this particular podcast, is not here to say that only men cheat or that women don't cheat or that women don't cheat and get caught. Or It's just that in my 25 years of work, 80%, 85%, 90% of the work I've done is with cheating men and so who are trying to restore a relationship and they don't know how to do it and they don't know how to do it and they don't know how to do it. And so, hey, I'm saving you guys and gals a lot of money out there. <laughs> if you read it on the doghouse and guys, if you have cheated and you want to heal a relationship, if you just do what's in the book, it will get better. I promise you don't need to go to any therapy. Just read the book. Um, and I'm not trying to sell you book. I'm saying that I've read almost every book in the field about cheating and infidelity. And my challenge with them is as a man, most of them are written by women and most of them are written in a women's voice. And so I wanted to write a book that said, dude, you really screwed up here. <laughs> Did you mean to screw up? Is this what you wanted to happen to your relationship? Do you want it to get worse? You know, and if you don't, there's a lot of difficult things you're going to have to do to make this better. And by the way, you don't have to, you can walk now, but if you want to make this relationship work, you're going to stay around and do these things. Things. And I really confronted men directly with the things that they needed to do and not do uh, because they just don't know. And so, Tammy, uh, to your question, why don't you ask it again and I will, I will spittle the beans. What are things that men do that just absolutely make the situation worse? Well, I think the absolute worst thing a man can do when he's cheated on his wife or a woman who's important to him is blame her. You know, the minute she says, I found this note or I found this information, in other words, I found out you cheated, we will defend ourselves. And our, you know, the most immediate defense is simply to say it didn't happen or that's not true. The next one that comes after that, which is, you know, complete blank out lying. The next one is, well, you know, if you just had more sex with me, if you'd just been thinner, if you'd just been nicer to me after we had the kids, that's the most devastating thing you could do to a partner is blame them for your cheating. And let me just say this to you guys out there, or you ladies who feel like you might in some way be responsible. There is nothing that anyone can do to make someone cheat. You know, you can make my life unhappy. You can keep me lonely. You can gain 300 pounds as my partner. You can never have sex with me. And you know what? I can divorce you. I can go into therapy. I can get a new hobby. I can talk to you about having sex with other people if that's what I want. But to go out and do something that is behind your back, a direct lie and not tell you about it is just not never okay. I can never justify that. So cheating was a choice that you made based on your decisions and, and the way you wanted to live. And now you don't want to take responsibility for the outcome. You went to mom's cookie jar and you took a cookie out when mom said no cookies. And now you want to say, well, but the cookies were on the counter and they were just sitting there and they were so easy to get. And no, 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 no. You made this decision. You're responsible fully. That's the first thing. So worst thing a guy can do to make cheating worse with his wife or spouse, if he's cheated on her, blame her. Second thing he can do that's worse is try to get her to forgive him. I've seen many situations where a man will say, oh, you know, I, I, it's just that this happened and that happened. And, you know, I didn't really mean to hurt you. And, and they're asking for forgiveness, you know, 30 seconds after this woman has found out that she's being cheated on, she's been hit by a Mack truck and he's saying, will you just forgive me? And it's a little out of place. Um, other things that men can do that don't work, give her lots of jewelry and flowers and take her on vacations and shower her with financial demonstrations of your love, which won't work. But what I will tell her to do is take all your stuff and enjoy it and hate you anyway, <laughs> because that's not the way to win back somebody's affection if you've broken their trust. It is a way to win romance if you're just starting to date someone and you don't know them well to buy them a little gift or make them feel special. That's not going to happen when you are 
when you've cheated on someone. Another really, really bad thing to do, in fact, I, probably the second or equally worst thing to do is to keep cheating. Keep on cheating and just think, well, I'll just do it a different way or I'll just get away with it. Look, if you've been caught cheating, put it on the table. I can't tell you how much time, effort, and pain you're going to save you and your partner by simply sitting down and saying, okay, I've been lying to you and let me tell you everything I've been doing and we can decide what we're going to do now. And that's how it goes, or at least it needs to go that way in, at some point in the process. So lying, continuing to lie, continuing to cheat, blaming your partner, showering them with gifts, thinking that it's going to make it better, begging them for forgiveness. Um, oh, and here's one more really special, terrible thing you can do to keep them angry at you if you have cheated on them. Come home after about, I don't know, three or five weeks after the cheating's been found out when your spouse is looking at you angrily and she has this really smirk on her face, like, God, you're the last person I want to see tonight because you cheated on me five weeks ago. And say something to her like, well, when are you going to forgive me? When are you going to get over this? In other words, blame her for her anger. That is another one of the most horrible things you can do to someone who's angry at you for legitimate reasons is say that they don't have a right to be angry. They have a right to be angry. You've hurt them and they're going to be angry for a long, long time. And I totally agree. And I hear all of this so often in the emails again, where people, uh, wives are saying, you know, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should be, you know, thinner, whatever. Um, so I really appreciate you addressing that, that it's uh, never the partner's responsibility. So you've talked about some things that are the wrong choices. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things that would be the right choices? Well, these are the things. So I wrote a book called Out of the Doghouse for men who have cheated on a woman because I wanted to tell them about the things they really need to do to heal their relationships, knowing that they wouldn't be happy with what I had to say and they wouldn't want to do it. But when they do the things that I'm asking them to do, their relationships heal. So the proof is in the pudding. And, and honestly, Tammy, I've had men who left a relationship 20 years ago and moved on. They've read out of the doghouse and said to me, um, you know, I realize if I had this book in my hands 20 years ago, I might've been able to save my first marriage. You know, I've had women come to me and read that book and say, oh my God, I had no much pain, had no idea how much pain I really was in back then when that happened to me. And this reminded me how traumatic it was to be cheated on. So I wanted to write something that really clarifies the issues as they are in the moment, really clear. So what can a man do to make things better? Well, number one, is to begin to develop some empathy for what your spouse is going through. You may think, well, it was just a lap dance, or well, I have an addiction, I didn't mean it, it doesn't mean I really don't care about them, whatever you, or I was drunk, whatever you think, it doesn't matter what you think. What you think, you the cheater, is not, and trying to explain it to your partner, well, I just did it because of this, I did it because of, that is not empathy. Empathy is looking at your partner and saying, I can't imagine what this must be like for you. Not for you who cheated, for you who's been cheated on, that I say to my spouse that I, sh I show some understanding on a regular basis that this person that I love has been hurt by me and that this unhappy face I'm seeing, this angry face I'm seeing, this dismissing that I'm getting is perfectly understandable. So I don't, here's a number two. I don't blame my wife or her female spouse for her anger, for her disappointment, for her unhappy face. I understand that it's, that I have created this pain and it's gonna be a very long time before it heals. Another thing I think that men can do is, is actively share with the woman they cheated on what their history of cheating was. And I don't suggest that that's done outside of therapy, but you know in the sex addiction field, we do this thing called disclosure. And I wanna mention it here, I do not recommend, and I can't say this strongly enough, that a man who feels guilty and terrible about cheating on his woman goes home and says, honey, I feel terrible about it. Let me tell you everything that I did and just get it off my chest. 
She may say she wants to hear it. He may want to say it, but that is not the right setting for that to happen. Number one, he's just looking for forgiveness. Uh, number two, she's just trying to figure out everything that happened, which is understandable. But what she's trying to find out may completely overwhelm and devastate her. So I do believe, and Tammy, we talk about this a lot, that partners, if you're going to stay in a long-term relationship, committed relationship, everybody needs to know what happened. But there's a timing issue for that. And it can take quite a while before the person is cheating, maybe four weeks, six weeks. When I say quite a while, I mean within a month or two of working with a therapist, going through everything that they did to prepare a history for that partner. And at the same time, that partner needs to be getting some peer support, some therapy support, some faith-based support, and planning out how they're going to handle what they're going to hear. So when they go through the disclosure process, they are both supported. They both have direction. They both know where they're going to sleep that night before they even do that. So anyway, I'm just bringing this up. I know you and I will have conversations about disclosure. Uh, we'll do podcasts about disclosure is what I mean. But, but I wanted to bring it up because... It is not helpful. While, while a partner does want to know everything, they may not be ready or prepared to know everything. And while you may want to tell them everything to make yourself feel better or think, well, she just wants to hear everything, so I just need to tell it all to her, give that some consideration. And I will say, and this is just a, a problem for couples in general, when and if you do decide to talk about what's happened, we talk about it in generalities. I saw this person, I had sex with this person. We don't talk about the size of their genitals. We don't talk about the kind of sex you had. We don't talk about the graphic details. Partners may want that. Some of you will say, well, I want to know what kind of sex he was having. We don't talk about that, and I don't encourage talking about that, because if you're going to stay together, it's not an image that you want to have in your mind of what kind of sex your man had with someone else. So though you may want to know, what, what is helpful for you to know is the general details, this many times, this many visits, this kind of relationship, um, you know, money that was spent, time that was spent, but not the very graphic details around sex. I completely agree. I'm so glad you shared that because I often hear that I can't unhear that. And now those intrusive thoughts and those visualizations are disruptive for healing the relationship. So you've talked a couple of times about, well, you could go or, 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 you know, if you want to work through this relationship, you know, this is a possibility of staying. You have a chapter in the book called To Stay or Go. And we've talked many times about not every relationship can or should be saved. Can you elaborate on that a bit? Well, I, I just, you know, sometimes, look, it, it, first of all, stay or go is a chapter about, it's kind of human nature. You know, if, if I was stealing at work and my boss caught me, um, unless I was planning to leave tomorrow, I would probably do everything I could to try to make it better just because anybody who's caught wants to make it feel better. So what I mean is if my spouse, my, my wife, my spouse finds out that I've been cheating, I might go through heaven and earth trying to convince her it was no big deal and I didn't mean it, and but I really did mean it. I'm actually thinking about being with someone else and I'm just trying to hang on to this relationship long enough until I'm ready to make the move kind of thing. So I really, you know, the book I wrote, Out of the Doghouse, for men to heal their relationships when they have cheated on a woman is not a book for men and women who are going to decouple. It's not a book for men who uh, men have decided, well, I'm not sure I want to be with this woman or not. So I have a whole chapter about figuring out whether you want to be in your relationship or not, those of you who cheat or have cheated, but don't try to repair the relationship if you don't plan on staying. And so there's a lot of focus, I think, the man who's cheated needs to do on if he, and let me back up and say this, everything in out of the doghouse is really about how to win back the trust and love of a woman you've betrayed. Why would you want to win back the trust and love of a woman you've betrayed only to say, I'm not sure I want to stay? So there's no point in going through all of that effort. There's no, you might want to fix her pain, but you're leaving. 
Her pain is not going to be tied to you. She's going to have it when you're gone. So I just want to make sure that before men delve into out of the doghouse and they start doing the things that they need to do to heal a relationship when they've cheated on a woman, I want to make sure they're sincere about staying. And I would imagine that woman they're with wants to make sure too. I've received many emails from men who have read your book and most of the time they have commented that they've received it from their wife, but they're finding that it really resonates and does give them that step-by-step guide and your language of like, hey, dude, you know, you're messing up. Um, it really speaks directly to them. So I think it's a very helpful tool, as you said, for relationships when someone has, when the husband has, husband or male has cheated and they want to win back their wife, that it's a great uh, it's a great platform to begin that process. And and let me let me say just something a little bit more about that, if you don't mind, Tammy. Um, yeah, please. I don't write books for fun, just so you guys know that. I only write a book if I absolutely see the need for it. So I just wrote a book called Prodependence, which is about healing healing addiction in partnerships. And I wrote that book because I don't see the codependency model as as being viable or useful any longer. I wouldn't have written Prodependence if codependency was a great model that we wanted to continue using. So I didn't write out of the doghouse because um, I wanted to make 12 cents selling a book uh, that I spent a year writing. I wrote this book because I truly see couples that could heal faster and could heal in much better and end up with their healing being much better for them if they were to do certain things that would make it easier. And so guys, buy the book, don't buy the book, but just know if I ever talk about one of my books or anybody's books, those of us who write, we make about 12 cents a copy from the publishers. Most of the publishers make about 98% of the book. We write because we're passionate because we want to make sure that, well, I write because I'm passionate. I want to make sure that if you are trying to heal something, that you have the best information toward healing it. And I think for men who are resistant to really letting down their guard and getting real with a woman after they've cheated on her, and for the woman who just thinks, my God, I know this man loves me, but he just can't get it together to begin to heal this. That's why I wrote this book, because there's too many of you out there struggling. And this book does make a difference. So thank you. Thank you for taking the year to write it. (laughs) You're welcome. And yes, we wrote a Christian version out of the doghouse, and I'll just say why. I'm a nice Jewish boy, but I wrote a book that, as I was writing about relationship integrity, fidelity, honoring your spouse, I thought, you know, I'm writing a book that, that really speaks to the heart of a lot of religious and spiritual beliefs about marriage. And so I went to my friend, as you said, Tammy Marnie Faree, who is a Christian counselor in Tennessee and a dear friend, and I said, look, and her father was a pastor and, and you know in a very conservative Christian church. And I said, would you take this book on with me? And I know that people in the Christian community aren't necessarily going to feel as comfortable with it, not just necessarily because I'm Jewish or whatever, or gay, whatever, but because when you're a Christian, the language of your faith needs to be in the work that you're receiving. And I know there are certain Christian people, if they don't see scripture there, if they don't see how it applies in their spiritual and, and faith-based life, it doesn't make sense to them. And that's how passionate I am about out of the doghouse is I want to make sure that nobody missed the opportunity to heal their relationship. And I didn't want faith to get in the way in any way. So we rewrote this in a faith-based version for Christian people so that pretty much anybody, if they really are committed to, can heal relationship cheating and relationship infidelity. Great. And, and so needed. So thank you. All right. Thank you, Tammy. And folks, we'll keep rolling on. We'll have more podcasts coming soon. I, uh, the lineup is never dull. That's my goal. Y'all take care now and we'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Dr. Rob again. Thank you for joining us today. If this show has inspired you to seek further information for yourself or someone you love, I encourage you to visit our treatment center website, which is www.seekingintegrity.com. 
There you'll find some useful information about the residential treatment we provide, which I think is some of the best, most useful, short-term effective intensive care you can find for sexual addiction and compulsivity, as well as combined drug sex or chem sex problems. On SeekingIntegrity.com, you can find some useful advice and direction for healing. And don't forget, if you want to write me about this podcast or reach any of my guests, please write me at rob at SeekingIntegrity.com. I really look forward to our next time together. Take good care.